Well, swords are gay, 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 swords are gay. It's how much a barrier crossing sword. That was the heavy metal remix. I felt like there were like maybe four or five more swords are gay in that. They're really gay swords, Brent. That was my favorite one. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it was good. It was it was very like '80s hair metal, like Transformers <laughs> the movie soundtrack. I'm in. I'm into it. Uh, by the way, uh, this is uh, issue 164, Homo Superior. It, we are still in our Crossing Swords crossover for uh, the Ten of Swords crossover. I'm saying crossover a lot, but we're doing <laughs> chapters 14 through 16. Uh, I'm Kalen. My name is Clark, and I pulse with my own special Graven flavor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm Adam, and I don't do either of those things. <laughs> and I'm Brent Wingate, and I'm made mostly out of swords. Uh, <laughs> and before we continue to make our jokes, I'm very, very honored uh, to have our special guest, Jason, from the Wolverine podcast that goes snicked. Jason, snicked? the floor is yours. Uh, tell us about yourself. Yeah, awesome. Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me on. Really appreciate it. And just for organizing this, I hope it's been fun for you guys, because as a listener, it's been a lot of fun doing this little event with y'all. So thank you all very much. Um, as far as the podcast, I had to rebrand the Wolverine podcast that goes snicked. Um, just a podcast about Wolverine. Um, maybe a little atypical because I'm not super macho, but, <laughs> you know, I'm still a Wolverine fan and, and love to just kind of joke around and, and talk about comics. So it's kind of what I do. I, I think um, the fact that you have a podcast means that you're not super macho. It's kind of <laughs> probably goes without saying. Yeah. <laughs> no well, one's like, Jason. who is that? Who is that totes mask man? When <laughs> right. Let me quit podcasting and fix yeah. my engine real fast. Um, well, Jason, we're so happy to have you on. And yeah, we've had a lot of fun with the podcast. Uh, and I think it's just been a real treat to have uh, other podcasts like yourself on. And I'm glad you're on this one because one of the issues we're going to be talking about <laughs> is Wolverine. Ooh. So it's very apropos that you're here. So this week we're going to talk about uh, chapter 14, which is Marauders number 15. Writers are Jerry Dugan and Benjamin Percy. Artist is Stefano Casali. Chapter 15 is Excalibur number 14. A lot of numbers not matching up here. The writer <laughs> is Teeny Howard and the artist is Phil Noto. And then of course, chapter 16 is Wolverine number seven. Uh, which is written by Benjamin Percy and Jerry Dugan. Artist is Joshua Kassara. So I'm going to do a quick recap of where we've been and then talk about these three issues very quickly. And then I'm going to turn it over to Adam to do our uh, discussion. So the champions of Krakoa were selected to retrieve swords and to participate in a cross-dimensional tournament against the champions of Arako. This we know. On the eve of the contest, the challengers are on the Starlight Citadel for an extravagant feast. But Wolverine, uh, being a terrible guest, stabs the host. <laughs> the death of Saturnine, Saturnine creates a three-front war between Krakoa, Arako, and the Sat uh, Starlight Citadel. Arako's forces invade Earth through the external gate and cause all kinds of mayhem. The X-Men, dead. The Fantastic Four, dead. The Avengers, dead. Wolverine, crucified and then stabbed by a seemingly alive Saturnine. Or so we thought. Turns out it was just the Majestrix playing mind tricks on Logan. The feast continues. During the feast, uh, Cypher gets poisoned by some bad sushi meant for Wolverine. Luckily, he gets saved by White Sword. The guests continue to banter while the first tournament is called. 
which is Captain Britain versus Iska. And what a quick battle it is because Betsy goes to pieces, literally. <laughs> and the second tournament is called. It's Doug versus uh, Bai or Bay. But this is a win-win situation. Rather than exchanging blows, the two exchange vows, and we have our first Krakoan Arakan wedding. The third tournament is Magic versus Pogar Pog in an arm wrestling competition. Spoiler alert, the contender with the six arms wins. The fourth tournament is Wolverine versus the Summoner in the surreal realm of Blightspoke. Summoner wins by losing because it was a, literally a fight to the death. The fifth tournament is an intramural contest between Storm and Logan. And since it's a drinking contest, it's probably my favorite one. Uh, the sixth contest yeah. uh, is a three-way battle between War, Solemn, and Wolverine. Solemn wins that one, and the score thus far is Arako 5 to Krakoa 2. Adam, take us away in a discussion, please. Yes. Well, uh, yeah, lots of shit happened in three issues. Uh, <laughs> but just kind of taking a step back, like we asked for everybody, Jason, you know, what, what do you like most? What are you enjoying uh, most about the Ten of Swords sequences so far? Yeah, so um, maybe a little Captain Obvious. Uh, as a comic book podcaster it's and pronounced uh, Avalon. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I think for me, um, one of the, the things I've enjoyed most about the series overall is that with very little exception, maybe in one issue I can think of across the board on every chapter has been fantastic. Like it's just been such a visually pleasing event. Uh, you know, from the pencil, just it's just been real look at. Um, and I think character-wise, also, I really enjoyed seeing Storm have a lot to do. Um, you know, starting with her issue with Rogers, where she got the Skybreaker, and then the last couple of chapters of Wolverine interacting, doing stuff, and she just having a lot to do, which I really like. What about on the the flip side? Do you feel like there's anything that's been missing besides more Wolverine? You have to more have a more entertaining answer than that. <laughs> um, the only thing I would say is that oh no, he's been plenty present. Um, <laughs> I think sometimes the repetition of the backstory, which I think is something I've talked about before as well. Yes. So not to, not to be the dead horse, but it's like oh, just, you, they give it to us. They give it to us. <laughs> Leave right. Maine alone, yeah. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just a little, maybe a little too much repeating and letting us know, like, okay, this is what Araco is and Araco, and this is Apocalypse's story again. And so, yeah. But other than that, I've mostly been enjoying, probably enjoyed the parts more than the whole, but it's been mm -hmm. fun. Uh, well, yeah. So speaking of parts, these uh, three issues this week, what were your what were your kind of key thoughts on them, Jason? Um, I really enjoyed Marauders, but that's been kind of my favorite Don of X book in general. Um, Excalibur, I was hoping uh, Noto would come in and save it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know TV shows you guys like, and you can probably find this in any series. But you know, sometimes it'll be like a serious show, and they'll do like a episode where they get stuck in like a sitcom or something um okay. uh like supernatural does that sometimes um excalibur while there were some fun moments it felt like such a tonal shift from the rest of the event kind of threw me off a little bit kind of thrown me the whole time anyway as well wolverine i really Sarah's art being a little bit brightly colored as opposed to the palette and x-force so 
Cool. I see hands. Uh, yeah, yeah. Opening, opening up to the group, Brent, what did you think? Yeah, so I think going off of Excalibur being the biggest tonal shift, I think it was probably, I, I think that this three series really marked the largest section we've gotten in a week where it didn't seem like the voices that we were supposed to hear were coming through. And I think that Excalibur mm-hmm. really got it bad because it's throwing out all this stuff at you. And in order to compensate that, you need really thoughtful dialogue or you need some more careful narration. You've got to have something that really stitches it together. And so where you're having like, like it, it really took me out of any of the action going on when Betsy is fighting Iska and Red Root is screaming mm-hmm. me her head. Like I have known this character for two issues and I know that doesn't sound like her at all. <laughs> it's right. so like so many characters just seemed out of place. It seemed like, um, you know, re- re- I was rereading the scene leading up to the actual wedding where magic is, is talking to Cypher and you could have had any character <laughs> talking to Cypher. She re- <laughs> nothing that was magic about her. It was like, wh- what's going on out there? I don't know. What's happening with this character? I don't know. What's going to happen to me now? I don't know. It, it felt like such a waste. Um, and I really, I, I was kind of disappointed in the way that we saw a lot of these characters. Clark? Well, we've had problems with the, this writer before. I mean, this is our, as Homo Superior, least favorite series. Um, and it shows with this issue just in terms of the yeah. just the, the fact that Red Root's doing that, the fact that I, I did like magic, but I knew it wasn't her. <laughs> like, I didn't, <laughs> didn't feel like her, but I liked her in, in, in that version. Um, the main issue, I think, was the whole Shogo Dragon jubilee nonsense that was literally unnecessary and stupid it was just a waste of my time it's a waste of the readers everything and it kind of slowed down the interesting wedding that was going on it just pissed me off um brent small thing sorry shogo is to teeny howard as ink is to guggenheim (laughs) uh caitlin uh yeah that's actually not a bad comparison but i i think my I, I enjoyed all three issues to a certain degree, even Excalibur, which was the weakest of the three, because um, I think Teeny Howard's the weakest of the writers. But um, the, my issue with the issues, pardon the pun, is the um, how all of this kind of got condensed, you know, Ooh. sort of in chapters 14 through 16. Like we've had build up, build up, build up, build up, build up, build up, build up. And like, I'm like, all of a sudden it's like, okay, now these are the tournaments. And I'm, I am glad that it's not all like sword fighting. Like there is something yes. like a little different. I think the uh, the drinking contest is great. The arm wrestling contest is really funny. Um, but it's just like, oh, I mean, we've been building up to all this. I really hope like the next six chapters actually kind of like uh, like keep the keep some momentum going because it just felt very rushed, right? Yeah. So I actually want to ask you a question. Looking back on prior chapters, what would you cut to make more room? For this to have space, everyone's gonna have the same exact answer. <laughs> Not, except for except for the issue that's literally a reprint. <laughs> Other than that, uh, uh, obvious one. 
comparatively, hmm. where'd you cut, or what would you kind of? But it is. But I, I think in general, it's it's. And I'm sorry, I, I, I know the question was supposed to Caleb, but I think we all literally just said it, it's too much retreading. It's not. It's not even just beyond the fact that one was like a re, a joke reprint. What? Like you spent so much time building up these relationships, building up these characters, fucking putting Iska out there as this like giant presence. And I, I have been the biggest fan of this fucking crossover and I just feel so <laughs> deflated as a reader. And Jason is actually really funny because as before we were even like, Janus, I was like, if Jason likes this, I'm gonna be very positive. If it's milk toast or less, then I'm just gonna be real, not eviscerating. Cause like, it's you like, it's, it's ter it's just so disappointing. Like it's I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Like I I'm not even angry. I think all Kaylin, you're exactly right. All the content, all made sense. Was super interesting to pivot it and not just make it Mortal Kombat. But like my God, you crammed five challenges in like <laughs> three issues when you took seventeen to tell like the lead-in story. I don't know. Seven it, challenges. Not even. Seven. Yeah, and not even in three issues. Like like and maybe. <laughs> two thirds of each of those issues, right? So. <laughs> two okay, issues, and they also had competitions with people who can't lose, right? <laughs> they had two matches with people of their own team. I I was also laughing so hard because I had been uh, just kind of in our our like live blogging that we have on our Slack channel as we kind of read through the stuff. I was saying, particularly Mara I was a huge fan of again, always of Marauders. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what a great issue. What a fucking awesome lead in. I'm so excited. The whole flashback flash forward thing was like a great little subset. I could see them even doing something with that in the future. Like, I'm like, that was all very cool. Um, and and then just right, like with it, flipping through the pages, I was like, oh my God, this is like a manga. It's so cool. There's so much buildup and I'm sure the action will be pretty tight and we'll just move on. But then the minute I opened Excalibur, I was like, oof, everyone feels off tonally. I think you guys are all spot on about how people were talking and everybody's generic hero or generic villain 101. I don't know, just just real rough week for me. Uh, Clark. <laughs> Not Brent who was raising his hand. I did like all the Cypher stuff. I think he was as weirdly innocent, but yeah. like strange as he always is. So I was very mm -hmm. happy with that. He's definitely pushed up in my favorite characters because of this mini series. Um, yeah, uh, Brent, please. <laughs> sure. Um, so I think a, a while ago I was talking about uh, in a prior episodes about how one of the things that I was looking forward to seeing was Saturnine's machinations. How was she planning things? Would they matter? Would we know enough about her character to understand when things are going awry? And I think that this set of issues kind of ended up being a mixed bag. Yeah. We all kind of feel like the Betsy Braddock breaking up is like, okay, that does seem like some real hijinks are going on, but there's a lot of this that just seems kind of messy and it seems directionless. Like it made me want to go back and look up, did she ever say they were going to have a sword fight? Or <laughs> like, like she may have said a contest of something, but did she say like a contest of swords? Because her throwing out, it's just a generic contest. And like, she's just assigning points like, the first to the death, like, okay, I didn't realize you were also the queen of semantics and that you like learned <laughs> uh, all your rules from whose line is it anyway? That's, That's exactly what I was gonna say, yeah. I was like, the, do the stakes oh. really matter then, Clark? <laughs> I feel like it, she's just fucking with everybody. She's right. purposely doing all this stuff. Like, I magic, you, you use your sword and you're so great at it. Well, guess what? 
you're yeah. just going to get your fucking arm ripped off almost. And Wolverine, you can't die. So, you know, the first person to dies wins kind of thing. It's, mm. it's everything she's doing is just, just being a bitch to them. <laughs> and I love that. So, I mean, I like her. Kaylin. So, yeah, I want to be kind of positive about these three issues too. Um, because the opening of Marauders, even though I knew it was a swerve, I was completely like just caught up in it with like the the data page of like like this is what's happening now. It's like you know you've got yeah. a war happening between yeah. these three forces. Araco has invaded Earth. This is like the aftermath. Like you see this hellish landscape uh, in you know Earth's New York uh, or the Marvel Marvel Universe's New York, and like Wolverine on the on the X Crucifix, which is like evocative of like the Siege Perilous storyline way back when so yeah. i really love like i knew immediately like i'm like saturday night's fucking with them and she's fucking with them but i'm here for it i love it i read that front page and i was so fucking confused because i thought maybe they had misprinted the order because I, I didn't get too far i didn't get too far into it i just read like the initial paragraph of what happened after saturday night got killed and i was like what is going on <laughs> And then so luckily I was like, uh, oh, okay, that makes sense. So I'm very gullible, I think, but I was like legit. I was a little bit high, I think. So I was like completely like, what am I missing? What is happening? Um, I love it. No, yeah, let's, I do, I also like on a plus side and I actually appreciate Clark kind of the cipher reference because like the whole marriage thing, I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. it's, the, it's the conciseness and succinctness of it that I hate because it feels a lot like the entire run of Excalibur leading up to Ten of Swords where all of the content makes sense and the concepts are cool. The execution just falls really flat for me because it's happening too fast or everyone feels the same. But I did, I will say also for Excalibur, what I really enjoyed was the artwork. I thought it was beautiful. And it was very like indie, yeah. indie comic-ass. I was thinking not, uh, it's like of gods and monsters. What's the, what's the, what's the Saga. god? No, the other Saga. one. The other big one where they're all gods and they get resurrected and then they're like pop oh, wicked divine yeah it, it reminded me a little bit of that in terms of some of the visual and color which i i really appreciated brent well phil noto phil noto's sorry brent phil noto's the uh regular artist for cable so just keep that in mind like that's why it looked as good as it did Ooh. Brent, if i could make an edit to that wedding scene and the kind of wide-eyed innocence of cypher it would be cut the stuff with magic and basically force him into a room with Iska where they're on their mm -hmm. own. And you highlight the fact that there is this weird communication dynamic, but you'd also allow them to have like internal monologues of them working through the process of like agreeing to get married uh, or, or kind Iska, of- like, you mean Bay? What's that? Bay, yeah, sorry. Bay. Uh, I was gonna say Iska just killed the first person Cypher ever loved. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, pay. Very interesting marriage. Yes, put Iska in uh, and then sweep in the pieces of Betsy. Uh, <laughs> if, if Iska and Doug got married, anytime they'd have a fight, Doug would always lose. Because Iska always wins, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Hey, take those jokes to the cat skills. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I just think there was an there was a lot of opportunities for us to get something from a character like Bay, who we don't really have much information on. Like, I did like her vows, and how yeah. Eclipse is like, those are pretty damn good vows. You should, yeah, 
But it yeah. seems weird for us, I think, as a viewer to have to accept this when we when we don't really get to see the characters work yeah. through why they should get married instead of fight. It, it's also just a general significant amount of tonal whiplash. I think like Marauders, especially the kind of back-to-back 1415, did a very good <laughs> job of balancing this high stakes, life or death potential challenge but also obviously knowing that these people have died, come back before, have done world wars and planet wars and all this sort of shit, like they would have a little bit of fun with it because they're just superhuman. So that's also like totally fine. And I, I think it really was the Excalibur, like the meat of the sandwich, if reading it in order, that, that definitely made the, the, the food not taste great this week. Because even Wolverine, I thought really had a generally good ebb and flow. And I thought it was a lot of cool it was a good version of obviously these were not all going to be challenge sword challenges. And so it was like a lot of the character development was super interesting, but it was almost like Marauders 15 got us to the top of the roller coaster. And then like the entire roller coaster collapsed and then it started moving again. Once it got to the bottom, <laughs> Cause it, it was just a big shift for me. And I think that's all it was. Like, I, I don't, I think if I go back after having changed expectations, I'll probably end up enjoying this more, but it was just something felt very off for me and, or it just felt like a, return to not as great form as as we had been really seeing uh over the the past couple of weeks yeah so i've got a question um <clears throat> on uh wolverine because you know a lot of the thing that's been set up so far has been hey someone's made a deal but we don't know what the stakes of the deal are and we finally got an answer on a pretty big one which was solemn's deal with wolverine mm. um Jason, what did you make of that that exchange, that trade, um, and the kind of whole interaction of you know Wolverine being now uh, unable to get healed? Yeah, I liked it. I, I thought that you know because they describe how Wolverine's reaction to the deal was he wasn't really thinking right. He, they were down in hell, they were fighting the hand and the beast, and he really needed the sword and. He, he saw an opportunity to get it, so he's like, whatever. And he takes the sword and the deal. Um, and I like what we got too with Solemn, you know, being introduced, you know, as kind of the character he was in those Wolverine and X-Force issues. He's like, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm not going to fight. I'm going to call in my marker, get Wolverine to fight for me. I'm going to go do something else because um, right. that's because that's what I do. Um, so I really enjoyed that interplay. And of course, the, the art, especially that page, where they're going through the dimension. It's just all crazy. It was really nice. Ooh, yeah. And then, um, yeah, I really, no, I think all of the, the dynamic with a war being like, okay, well, Solomon killed my husband. And then Solomon <laughs> just lays that, that egg. Oh, but Wolverine killed your son just now. Um, so she's like, oh, shit. And so I think it's all mad. And just, I thought that was really well written. Um, just a really good dynamic. And so, so while, while the promise of, oh, you will fight for me may seem kind of light, they played it really well. Kind of the opposite of Adam, what you were saying, maybe the concept was kind of weak, but the execution was awesome. Yeah. So it was okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think in this place, the, the dialogue really helped because for me, the actual phrasing of you owe me a fight was vague enough that I think right. it really makes sense that, oh, you have to fight on my behalf could also be reasonably construed that it plays up better than say maybe some of the dialogue that was in Excalibur. Mm -hmm. Right. 
It also like he's just like, oh, fight for me, skanoosh. <laughs> You're wasted. Kaylin, thoughts? Uh, so on, on Wolverine, I, I know Jason, you mentioned it, but I thought Joshua Kassara's art is the best I've ever seen it. Like, yes. I, 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 I really do like his stuff. Like, I've liked um, his run on um, on X Force, and then he's got a lovely like in uh, Wolverine, black, white, and red, uh, uh-huh. blood or blood white and blood white and red i think black that's white and Sorry. blood yeah thank you <laughs> yeah. thank you jason appreciate that uh he's got a great great little like story in there as well or like the art's at least beautiful uh but like this like was like a whole new level and i do think it was the colorist just like made everything so vibrant yeah. and it worked super well in the surreal like landscape of light spoke um like we don't talk i don't think we talk about the art enough but like the art overall has been really spectacular yes. in this crossover which you cannot always say that about X crossovers, even going way back into like the eighties. I mean, Extinction Agenda. Everybody remembers the great Jim Lee art, the not so great Rob Layfield art, and then the Brett Blevins art, which was like, right. God, this is just hard to look at. Uh, but like here, like God, it's just it's just gorgeous. Love it. Uh, Mary fuck kill Wolverine war solemn. God. Uh, Mary Wolverine, fuck solemn, kill war. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with that. I feel like war would be a better Mary. I was gonna say I would actually marry war and probably kill Wolverine. I find Wolverine to be. I think war has been very fun. I thought, because I think she was only kind of back and forth on the Marauders and Wolverine talent. I loved her in both issues, particularly. What was really funny is I thought she, I think when we originally talked about this last week, we thought she had drugged Wolverine, but Wolverine actually wanted to kill Saturnine and that she was just trying to poison, like just trying to poison him. And I really just (laughs) loved her dialogue and interactions after the fact. Uh, (laughs) But. So you uh, want to marry marry the person that's going to poison you? This is what I'm. No, because it's like I think I've got. I think I've got a little feeling of like the cipher bay the blood moon. Like I love. I like do love a good protector relationship where it's like this bitch will like. You're just. You're always like <laughs> war. Stop it. Uh, we've got dinner plans. It's very. Um, what's the the newscaster from Futurama? The green alien like. I feel like I want to be the the white woman podcast, the white woman newscaster. What's that? Yeah. Morbo. Mor- yeah, I want to be. I like want to. She seems like a Morbo, so I'm willing to to put up with it. <laughs> I feel like when we've heard all this stuff about war and her love for her husband and her kid and stuff, I feel like she's probably a good wife and good mother and good everything else. The fact that she's trying to kill all these people because they've hurt her family, I think she's definitely a good Mary. Wolverine and Solomon are going to fuck around. Yeah. War cares. Well, Wolverine would mope because, you know, he'd always be like, you don't want to be part of me. And you're like, shut the fuck up, Wolverine. I don't have time for this shit. Like, we got to go to dinner. If only I was dating War, she wouldn't want to keep time. Solomon would be my kill, though. I just don't care about him much. So you would fuck Wolverine? Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Why? (laughs) <laughs> because I, don't... Mm. I, because I could get in that weird threesome foursome <laughs> with, with, 
forgotten jeans. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> you, you couldn't and see the drag, drag, drag Emma in and Storm and yeah, everybody. You you couldn't see the visual that Jason uh, pulled up on our on our Zoom, but he made a wonderful motion of grabbing on and writing Wolverine's hair, <laughs> or holding on to Wolverine's hair while you're writing him. I think. Oh um, yes. I do have a follow up question: Mary Fuck Hill, Mad Jim, or Jaspers? Oh, Jim, <laughs> Mary Jim. <laughs> Fuck Jaspers, kill Mad. Oh my God. Also, I love how there's no consistency in how he's drawn, other than that he has a plaid. His right. head shape, his teeth, they change all the time. I know, he's a, I know he, he's in multi-dimensional, whatever, shape-shifting magician, but <laughs> still, like, pick a look, girl. You've already chosen the plaid. Uh, so Brent, you brought up a really good, I think it was you, brought up a really good point that... Thank you. Yeah, well, because <laughs> I, I didn't, it didn't occur to me until you explained it that I was like, okay, these make a lot more sense and now I'm intrigued at the fact of like, Wolverine can't die, so they build the the competition for that. Like, no, that was Clark. Clark, well, Clark is doing a great job. Shut up, Brent, you're an idiot. Clark is doing a great job of building up these competitions based off of obviously issues or strengths that the heroes of Krakoa have. Uh, starting with Jason, but if you don't have anything, we can always come back to you. Uh, knowing that or knowing kind of that approach, are there, and who's remaining, can you think of other competitions that are obviously not sword fights that would, would kind of challenge those strengths as well? Mm, um, well, I think why well, I'm going to stall uh, and talk about how, how I like that the contest is really just an illusion of a contest, mm. right? It, it sounds like all the, all the conclusions are kind of foregone conclusions to an extent for Saturn 9. And she's kind of just pulled the wool over everyone's eyes and said, oh, yeah, you guys have this contest. You can decide your own fate, but not really. Mm. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, Storm Ooh. has to water plants. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling here. Um, <laughs> oh, well, that, no, but that's a good, that could be a Storm Red Rue, right? Because it would be all about like caring for the earth or the planet, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's yeah. Like, who can grow the most? What's up? I thought she and Death were having a thing. She was just having a dance with it and she said, that's close oh, yeah. enough. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, for death, you know, it has to do like a, you know, dead poet society. Like it has to learn how to live life. You know, who? <laughs> oh, God. oh, captain, my captain. Yeah, okay, uh, let's... For, for uh, Iska, you know, if she has another contest, like the only way she can win is by losing. Uh, and that would be like a real conundrum because she can't actually lose. So, um, I mean, mm. if we already have a, a situation where summoner won because he was killed mm -hmm. like i can see like a kind of an I I ironic way for um uh uh for, uh yeah for isco sorry i couldn't remember her name for a second <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna win we've only been talking about her every day of the week for the <laughs> i know i know i know <laughs> Well, who uh, else is in the competition? Well, so, well, like, what would, I have no idea what Cable would do. I feel like. That's what I was trying to think of, too. Yeah, kill, like, kill your older self, like, or be killed <laughs> by your older self, younger self. I don't you know. must date one person at a time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and God, yeah, I'm, like, trying to run through all of the people. What about, what about Gorgon? What important stuff is he going to have to learn about himself? 
See, that's what's so fascinating that we're moving away. You think they would have thrown that battle in as like, Gorgon's dead, this is right. real, but now it's not. Like, it seems <laughs> like, what are they gonna do with him after this? They make it the most important battle. Yeah. <laughs> the hero Gorgon, Gorgon you didn't know. He says Krakoa. Well, and yeah. even like a, even if you do like, I mean, they they may not be matched up, but Apocalypse and Annihilation, like, I guess it'll be fun to see them have a funny thing because I enjoyed their table talk and Marauders 15, but I'm just like, you've created such high stakes, you it can't just, <coughs> it can't just be a giant. It, I'm I'm really hoping the challenge re, like leads into something else, which will be perfect. So I'm like, I'm keeping the faith that this is going to end up somewhere really well, but. Clark? We we had the remember we were talking about what issue we would get rid of. Um, we had the issue that was awesome of the of the Hellions that were supposed to go and stop the oh, stories yeah. from being taken, but they never fucking did. Obviously, so I guess it's I guess they're gonna have to come back into the story. So maybe <laughs> I change things. <laughs> I literally th I thought of that as I was reading one of these issues. I was like, wait, when is that plotline gonna pick up? <laughs> Next week, next yeah. week when there's the next issue of Hellions. But the I'm competition's excited. already happening. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Are, yeah. Is it going to be like a flashback? Like, they show up. A flashback to them all dying. Uh, Empath has convinced them all that they're horses, and then they like <laughs> too long, and then they show up and like it's already laid to waste. Everything is destroyed. I, I actually, there's one person who I do know his challenge. Um, Saturnine's gonna be like, okay, it's Captain Avalon, and the challenge is put your dick in me, and the <laughs> is Captain Avalon. <laughs> oh my god. I do, I will say I do like how they've played with, the idea was, and we talked about this a couple of times, of like what matchups could be, and how it'll all work, and who will be assigned. I do like that they've just, it's just like, it is whatever the fuck I want it to be, which I appreciate, because obviously if you're an omnipotent magistrix, you probably would fuck around with shit. So I love that they're like you reusing people, they're flip-flopping, they're doing team on team. I, you know, that I that part I do like the kind of really mind fucking with the competition as long as everyone's in character. <laughs> right. I mean, more generically, what are some like other games that they could play? Like bridge or chess. <laughs> yeah, their game of chess. Connect four. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really want to see. I'd love to oh, see. To, like, uh, to rekindle the romance. Um, rekindle the romance. Oh, no, Apocalypse and uh, Genesis can play Twister. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Oh, That's there you go. Good. Yeah, I, Twister. I want them to have like a love a island. Pause there. <laughs> they win like a love island room sort of thing, a room of love. Oh, and yeah. have to like have the relationship again. Right. To, win, to win, you must play Big Brother. <laughs> I want to see some uh, beer pong, just something like fun and jovial. Where everyone's getting like a, a alternate version of um, Wolverine and Storm is getting drunk together. I mean, you and find out that beer pong or pong. Oh, <laughs> there you go, clever. I like it. Good. You find He's out that Saturday was a tridelt. <laughs> Uh, so uh, they also did have a uh, page in Marauders regarding the uh, odds and the Imagine Jester's gambling emporium. Um, which, were there any surprises for you in terms of what some of the uh, measurements were? So, I mean, you've got, Iska's got a two to one odd, which I actually thought was also funny to me because I'm like, 
I get it's 50-50, but like she can't lose. So what? Which that's the best one. It's clearly the best one. Cause like yeah. even like, even like uh, Annihilation is like three to one and right. Apocalypse is five to one. So I did love that Doug was 5,000 to one. It's like, he's got no chance in hell nope. whatsoever unless he just gets married. Poor guy. Which he did. Yeah. It's, I thought this was a very cool way to do, I almost wish like more, you know, I think of the old X-Men cards, they always used to do power levels. I'm like, just give me the odds of being the strongest person in a tournament. <laughs> Sign me up for that. Yeah. Um, well, it, lets, it gives all the uh, readers to do their favorite thing, which is math. Right. <laughs> uh, so for an open question, uh, Jason, if you, we always like our guests to go first. If you've got an idea, but you can also hold on to it. Uh, pick a mutant that's not in the tournament and give them odds for winning the tournament. Oh, gosh. Um, I wanna, let's do a uh, new Cyclops compared to 25 to 1. Oh, so he, he definitely you think he does about as well as Captain Britain and Captain Avalon. Probably. Oh, shit. No, um, I was looking at his <laughs> numbers. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, let's say let's say 55, 60 to one somewhere in that range. So a, a good storm range, if you will. That Yeah, a good yes. storm range. This is a yeah, storm range. <laughs> uh, Kayla. Uh, I would pick Exodus because remember he wanted to be in the contest oh, over Doug. I would actually give him a really like very good odds. I'd give him like ten to one. Mm-hmm. That seems pretty Is reasonable. Is he really that powerful? Oh, he's an Omega level mutant. I was forget- I mean, yeah, that's that's Bay of the Blood Moon power. I feel like that's pretty fitting. Um, I was surprised Solomon's so low. He's forty to one. I thought he was like <laughs> stronger than that. Um. Oh. Clark, you got any? Brent? I'm yeah, well. choosing Beak, and he is <laughs> three to one because he's he's good at being a chicken man. People would just give up. They're like, you know what? It's not even worth it. It's, just like, it. it's like in Family Guy when Peter keeps fighting that man in the chicken costume, and he right. just keeps going up episode after episode after episode after episode. See, Beak can't be stopped. Oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, I, I was just looking at the numbers though. Like, Bay the Blood Moon is ten to one, and Cipher is has the highest, which is five thousand to one. She is gonna break him in bed. <laughs> it's, it's very, it's a very death. It's very death by snoo snoo. I think is yes. <laughs> is there, was there a Futurama marathon you were watching recently, or what? <laughs> yeah, I, I watched it too much in college instead of going to class. That's why I'm on this podcast. <laughs> I throw out Moira, and then she'd be like indefinite to one, and then like if you kill her, you restart all of reality. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I, I, the first person in my mind was Jubilee, and I feel like she's like 15,000 to one, because at least Cypher knows language. <laughs> but if you throw in Shogo, maybe you've got 12,000 to one. Right. Uh, right. Clark's going to kill you. No, Shogo's already under a more interesting mistress now. I did like that switch. I thought that was, like, I did think Excalibur did well for, or actually, no, that was in Wolverine. Like, she really came to run a Wolverine having Shogo, but I loved the imagery of her taking over that. I thought that was very cool. Um, Saturn 9 continues to not disappoint across any issue, which is probably mm-hmm. a very good thing. 
Yeah. Um. I think we got it. Is there stuff? Oh, actually, no, I had it because it was a page in the book about the blight spoke, like uh, collapsing of realities. Uh, invent a reality of blight spoke, a dead reality of blight spoke you get trapped in. Clark, I feel like this question is- I get now. trapped in? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, remember when I had my opening line about being the pulse with, uh, having a pulse with my own special grave and flavor? That was a line from that, that was the last line in that little text box <laughs> white page. Oh, that makes a lot. Because I remember, I'm, I, my, my, I'm House Blight spoke. If we, this was Game of Thrones. That's right. I thought, um, I thought you were attempting a new thing, and I just said, I'm gonna I get will, I, <laughs> No, I'm just gonna randomly say nonsense, <laughs> which is mostly what I do, anyways. Um, mine is gonna be like, it's a world where they're all really large puppies. And everything's really cute and sweet, except for sometimes there are like these robot puppies with then they just start slaughtering the other puppies. <laughs> and and it's a world where you're covered in the blood of puppies, but they're like hang you're hanging out with these robot puppies. And that's the world that's then gonna fall through into Blight Spoke and just be blood and shit and death everywhere. <laughs> Good, good. Okay, <laughs> uh, I think mine would be like an anti-purge world where, like, 364 days out of the uh, out of the year, everybody's purging one another. But the, there's one day where everybody has to be nice to one another. The one day, it's like everyone's sweet and nice, and they, you get cake and you know ice cream and whatever. I love it. Mark? By purging, you mean they're sticking their fingers into each other's mouths? No, that's what I was yes, thinking. That's exactly <laughs> it. And then on non-purge yeah. day is the day that they eat, they give each other food. That's the opposite. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I think mine would be much less eventful. I think, you know, when kind of Wolverine is looking out into the stars and then suddenly uh, the summoner pulls him into the sand, my world would just be, it's like, like it's just being pulled into the sand and you're right up to your eyes in sand and that's it. You're just <laughs> stuck at eye level at every point in time in sand. Ooh. Wow. That's dark. dark. That's that Are like you that. suffocating constantly. <laughs> no, you can like you can like turn your nose up a little bit, but you do get a little sand in your nose and you're like, God damn it. Well, so when you take your shoes on your own wall. winter box. So <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> I think mine would be a uh, my universe where there's a Calvin and Hobbes strip. Nice. Oh, I like it. I was gonna go because I was just looking at the panel of all the dimensions. What uh, Wolverine and Summoner are fighting? Through. Japanese hentai octopus porn. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I was gonna say Lego World, but nice. also oh, I like that. <laughs> It's like a world, but as a punishment, when you step on it, you always stand on a corner. Yeah, that's no, but that's actually the thing. The entire world is Legos, and you don't, you are nobody can wear shoes. So it's actually a very, a very. That's it's actually like it's uh, totally. Um, it's just very like be careful what you wish for. Um, any other big topics from the week, or have we exhausted these well, three? Um, Brent mentioned more a second ago, and we have that Marauders. And Kaylin was talking about all the cool stuff that was in the mm -hmm. future, and it mentions Moira just briefly. I'm wondering, do y'all think that that's indicative of how this story is going to eventually get around to her, or what do y'all think about that? 
Oh, that's a great question. Because uh, we've like predicted even in our alpha issue, Jason, if you may, may yeah. remember that uh, Moira was going to come into it and maybe Mystique come into it as well while right. everybody's off, you know, in other world, um, you know, Mystique finds out what happens and just like burns Krakoa. Uh, maybe. I mean, it very well could uh, come in that way. It could be very like clairvoyant in that respect. Um, I will say my... The, the Mystique stuff, we got all the, we've already have solicitations for future no, it's not gonna happen. I'm not saying that it will happen. I'm just saying that's what we had predicted early on, but like uh, the way that Moira comes in now could be clairvoyant in, um, in the sort of uh, universe that Saturnine projects onto Wolverine. The future, I should say. Right. I mean, to, it may not happen in this crossover, but it's gonna happen. Oh, like, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I did think, I thought that was kind of cool. I, I couldn't tell, right, if it's like a lead into something else, or I, I almost enjoyed it just as its own, like, very clearly, like, nobody can reboot this universe right. anymore. It's done. <laughs> and it's fucked. Although I did, as we were just, as you mentioned, that we were talking through it, I just realized, like, obviously Saturnine did this to be like, don't fuck around with me and try to kill me. But she was also very clear, like in her messaging around like, this is what's gonna happen if you fail, like you and your friends fail. So I'm again, tonally kind of shifting for me. Cause I'm like, I get it. She's a magistrate, so she's gonna play big shit. But I'm just sort of like, okay. So she definitely is like leading to show like, this is a really serious thing, but I just don't know how they'll balance the seriousness with the fantastical of like, it all means nothing maybe. Right. I just don't know what's going to happen with with uh, Captain Avalon and Saturnine and all that stuff. I feel like that's weirdly like linchpin kind of situation for everything that's going to happen. Right. Because that's like the one thing she actually gives any shit about. Kaylin. Um, I I'll say my I think my favorite scene though in all three issues was in Marauders when it's like kind of the melee happens of like you know they figure out that war has poisoned yep. attending to poison Wolverine but uh, poison Cipher they're trying to like save him and then it's just Apocalypse and Annihilation and it's kind of a sitcom moment but it, it really landed for <laughs> yes. me where he goes you've done a great job with the, raising the kids mm -hmm. and I she goes that. I did my best and it's like <laughs> it, in any other context it would have been cheesy and I would have groaned at it but I felt that moment was super earned I really really liked it I loved it I absolutely love that as well and that's a great segue Kaylin to our shining sword moment of the week uh I'd love to hear them from everybody else Brent uh in the same issue um <clears throat> when Captain Avalon wants to talk to Saturnine and she mutes everyone by taking out all the dialogue of their, <laughs> uh, their bubbles. I thought, what a very interesting way of uh, visualizing shutting everyone up. Um, I'm sure people have probably seen it before, but I don't think I have. Yeah, I love that. Clark, Jason, shining moments. Um, well, I know I shit on Excalibur, but I really did like uh, Doug's just and just fascination with I don't understand you and that makes me just really want this <laughs> and I said that was really yeah. the foundation of a healthy relationship right yeah. right <laughs> I am happy that we we found a um, po guest podcaster who also hates Excalibur <laughs> we just, yeah we, we had anyone just so many scrapes <clears throat> with the other ones uh oh 
any of the other groups would have been like, I loved Excalibur the most. <laughs> Don't make it sound. Don't make them sound like that. No, no I think people have had good. I mean, and I get it. It's like you really kind of have to see it from all sides. So I, I can appreciate um, of that. Yeah, I don't really have a shiny star moment that I haven't already said, which is that fucked up blight spoke quote and um, anything cipher related. I do kind of like the fact that Summoner was made to be such a big deal. Like he was in multiple, the one who was in more issues than anybody else. And he's like, nope, boom, dead. Right. Yeah. I mean, he might pop up again, but that was very just like final. He's walking around with a sword in his eye. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he would have lost the tournament. He would have lost the- Oh, he'll have an eye patch. Uh, <laughs> um, one other scene that I really did like, uh, maybe my second favorite, is again an Excalibur, and it's where like Cable is just like kind of like commenting on Annihilation and Apocalypse. Apocalypse just shuts him down. Basically, it's like <laughs> you get this, you get this like through experience, and it's like obviously this is young Cable who hasn't seen yeah. as much as like regular Cable. And then I was reminded that um, Apocalypse and Cable are like, they are, you know, uh, they are antagonists to one another. Right. Um, the future that like Cable came from is one where En Sabanor like took over. Um, so I just was like, I, I thought it was a really nice moment. Yeah, well, and kind of combining with that, my favorite moment of the week was Cable, Magic and Iska when they were like, let's see if you are and b and like, again, such a oh, wonderful yeah. combination of comedy seriousness but like making sure that like these are all super beings like they're above all this shit they're just having a good time with life or death stakes um and i just love how stupid cable is i really like a young <laughs> cable i'm so glad they've gotten away from his like hardened 90s presence that really right. doesn't play well in today's like today's world or generation because it's just like you're just a hardened white dude for no reason <laughs> whereas like at least now you could be like an aloof white dude which is very very i think <laughs> clear about what's like today um so yeah i think that's it uh next week we're gonna have x-force 14 hellions number six and cable number six and we're also gonna have special guest uh brett returning from comic book queers uh legacy but he doesn't fucking matter this week Jason, you are what matters. Thank you so much for being on here. Uh, can you please let us know where they can find you as well as your uh, podcast, the Wolverine podcast that goes snicked? Yeah, of course. Thank you. Um, so the Wolverine podcast that goes snicked, you can find us in all the podcatchers. Um, Twitter is at snickcast where I do uh, obviously the, the podcast stuff, but also my 60s and 70s Marvel read through and my 90s as well. Uh, just full of comic book shit all the time. Um, and then also, if you happen to be a fan of lo-fi, moody indie rock, um, you can check out some of my music at theblastelastic.bandcamp.com. Nice. So, kind of in the vein of like early cure kind of stuff like that. Ooh, I'm very into that. Kaylin is very, very into that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, as for our podcast, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Instagram at Homo Superior Podcast, Twitter at Homo Superior X. Plus, you can check out the Krakoan Morning Talk Show, Vicky and Kiana, Talking Swords, YouTube <laughs> Tuesday on Instagram. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Jason, again. Thank you, uh, Jason. Thank you all very much. Thanks, Jason. See y'all later. Thanks.